right, welcome back to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. Brandon, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm tired, but other than that, not too bad. It was a weird work day. Had to go back to the office after dinner, but such is life. That That is what it is. <laughs> I am realizing now that I'm pretty tired, but... Anyways, uh, something that will help me cope with that is, well, I don't know if I would say cope, but it's always good to talk about sports, uh, no matter how good or bad it is. It's usually fun to have a conversation about it. So we'll get to that uh, here in a minute. I do want to take a moment to mention again for everybody, I'll be saying this for a few weeks, Episodes first release on Anchor. That is the new home of the podcast. That is where episodes will be released to first. Um, uh, they are getting released pretty, kind of pretty much everywhere else uh, on all the major ones. Uh, there hasn't really been a problem. So um, Anchor first, other places after that. We'll share them on social media, Facebook page, and things like that. But something new for this week that we will be doing moving forward after we kind of test things out last week with the first full slate of sports stuff is that we plan to have game recap episode released on Tuesday mornings and then game preview episodes released on Thursdays, Thursday mornings. And then on Fridays, we will be releasing our entertainment episode, the Blue Bros 2. So Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Wanted to share that. Did I miss anything, Brandon? No, I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers it. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll go ahead and jump right into things then. It's always good to start on a high note. As we do rock moment of the week. So as... More, more often than than not, I'll probably be focusing on uh, Michigan or the Lions. And um, the biggest rock moment I came across, which was uh, actually pretty cool, is freshman running back Charbonnet was the Big Ten freshman of the week uh, for this past weekend in games. Uh, because he had the three touchdowns, 33 carries for 100 yards, and he also had two catches. Interestingly enough, and I was not aware of this, uh, he is the first Michigan freshman to be the Big Ten Freshman of the Week since 2015 when Jabril Peppers won it. Awesome. So that's that's been a while. That's been a little bit too long. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's yeah, it has been a while, yeah, especially if you think about you know how many weeks there's been in between those. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to be fair, not a ton of Michigan freshmen have played, but still, that's I mean, a decent stretch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that is my rock moment of the week. Um, there's plenty of good and bad that we'll be bringing up later when we do the recaps of the games, but uh, to bring you the baddest of the bad, Brandon has... Garbage Day! Garbage Play of the Week. Brandon, what are you bringing to us? (laughs) Mine also comes from college football, 
Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but did you see the play that Florida State had where the wide receiver was facing the wrong way in the formation? I did not see the play. I saw the picture. So I didn't know if it was kind of like, okay, they were lining up and then he like turned around and then whatever. But from what I saw, that's what people were saying is that that's how he actually lined up. Yeah, he lined up uh, with his back to the line of scrimmage. And then uh, once the one receiver went in motion, he also went in motion, um, running a few steps behind the guy, lined up facing the correct way, and then they ran a draw off from it. So it wasn't even a passing play. And that I don't was... know if it was just there to like confuse the other team, but I mean, if you're going to run something like that, wouldn't you run it against a bigger school than Louisiana Monroe? Yeah, and I don't feel like it would be deliberate unless you're doing something really weird, you know? Like if you're going to be doing like a flea flicker or like some weird receiver route, double pass something. Like if you're doing something weird, you're doing something, you're you're doing something else because of it. It seems more like an accident to me. Yeah, it was really awkward. It it kind of reminded me of that weird formation that Harbaugh used to have, where everybody got in a single file line. Oh, really? And how it didn't really like. I didn't really change anything, I guess. Like everybody kind of lined up that way and then kind of spread out. <laughs> it was, you know, just kind of pointless to even get in that formation, I guess. That one worked a few times and it depends on how quickly they snap the ball after they do that. Because if they go line up really quickly and snap the ball, then the defense doesn't know what they're like. The defense is a little bit on their heels, but most of the time that's not the case. I mean, it, it, yeah, and I mean, the draw worked pretty well. I mean, I think the the running back got nine yards off from it, so you know, it wasn't a complete failure. It's just one of those things. Like, why? Why did you even think about that? I feel like there's a lot of why happening uh, at Florida State. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. That that doesn't surprise me. I feel like there's a lot of why happening at Tennessee as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those things. So, yeah, a lot of uh, garbage kind of going on. Didn't um, didn't Tennessee have the garbage trash can thing? Like, not a turnover chain, but it was like a trash can something. Was that something them? like that. Somebody had that, and then someone had a backpack. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so ridiculous. The, uh, here's the one thing that I really want to see. Uh, uh, like all the turnover you can have all the turnover stuff you want but you you know what i really want to see that i think <laughs> would be amazing i don't want michigan to do it because i think it's too dumb but i think somebody should do it because it'd just be too funny the turnover turnover <laughs> you know what i'm so talking you, about so, yeah so you get like an apple turnover when you get a <laughs> yes uh here just... have, have a pastry <laughs> <laughs> that you just see the guy like just hammering it on the sideline. Uh, yes, exactly. It's just too perfect. The turnover, turnover. Donut day. <laughs> oh come on! You know that that would like light up Sports Center and stuff like that. That'd be too. Yeah. <laughs> the turnover, turnover. <laughs> then the next thing is like some kid puking on the field because he ate a turnover. Yeah, just going straight up, straight up Donovan McNabb and barf it all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, or was man. it the was it at the replacements too? 
the movie oh, yeah. placements or the yeah they the threw guy, it up all over the place. Yeah. Well, one guy I think ate. Uh, he threw up all his eggs he ate or something like that. Yeah. And then oh. they're like, "Oh, we gotta move!" So everybody like moved in the huddle away from it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep that that part I do remember that part. That's a good movie. That is a good movie. I think we've talked about it, but if people haven't seen that movie, they need to see. It. If you like the sport of football, that's a good football movie. And it has the one and the only Keanu Reeves. So, mm-hmm. but uh, enough movie talk, enough uh, side conversations. We definitely want to make sure that we have enough time because there's plenty to say about the uh, recap and the review of the games that were played this weekend. So we'll move along into that. <laughs> All right, football, football, football. Um, actually, we didn't talk. Did you? Did you want? Which one do we want to talk about first? Uh, I think we will start with Michigan. Okay, go in chronological order, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, well, nobody lost this weekend. <laughs> yeah. All right, round of applause. Maybe, maybe not record-wise. <laughs> yeah. Um. We'll we'll talk about mi- the recap of the Michigan game here first. Quick things to talk about our predictions, uh, specifically for the Michigan game. Uh, we were way off, way off. Mm-hmm. I had thir- I had thirty four to ten. Brandon had thirty one to ten. Uh, we were saying that Michigan was going to cover. Totally off by that. Go us. Um, is, is sticking in college, I had my lock, which was MSU not covering the six and a half point spread versus Western. That was way off. Um, but we we went 50-50 with the question of the week. Will Michigan hold Army below 225 total yards of offense? They finished with 243. So, Brandon, you were incorrect on that one. Oh. So I, I made up some ground, but yeah, you were you were on the wrong side. I hate you. Well, actually, I, it's very interesting that you bring that up because now that we get into the talk of the game, I am kind of torn because I don't know what I hate more: Michigan's performance in this game or you, Brandon. <laughs> Well, I think Michigan's performance in the game has to be the number one. <laughs> I don't know, man. You kind of push it. none. <laughs> uh, but no, not really. Uh, so it, there were it was a very difficult game to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. And there was uh, for the very high overview picture, and then I'll ask you what you think. I feel like the defense did better than the offense. What's your opinion on that, Brandon? Like, just oh. if you said one had one did better than the other. Yeah, I mean, both neither one of them played very well. But if you had to choose one, I, I would say the defense played better than the offense. Yeah. Um, the final was twenty-four to twenty-one, double overtime win for Michigan against Army. Um, it was the highest watched noon game of the weekend. Two of now, see, here, here's where it comes down to. If you take away the... Um, now, one of them was, and I, I forgot to go back and double-check this. One of them was a short field situation, but I believe both of them were when um, 
Michigan turn it over and Army scored off of those turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually more turnovers, but not all of them got uh, were points off of it. So uh, two of the scores came off of two turnovers. So honestly, if you eliminate, eliminate the short field situations, the defense all in all did not do terrible. Uh, I know that there were some terrible mistakes at horrible times, uh, you know, offsides when um, Army was getting close or in the red zone, I believe it was. And uh, my, I can't remember if it was pass interference. It was holding one of those things. Uh, so, yeah, there were some absolutely bad decisions by the defense. But as a whole, playing against the triple option, if they didn't have to deal with the two turnovers in the short field, the defense defending a difficult uh, offense like that, not necessarily like the worst thing. I mean, definitely it was not the most pretty thing to watch, but I mean, if they kept it a little scoring game, it was just very important when you're playing against a team like Army. So I'm not coming out here to say to brag about them, but I, I think it's not. When you sit back, you look at it, you break it down. I think it's not as bad as you know. You instantly react to it when you watch. Yeah, like you said, there was a couple of those boneheaded plays. Um, the one that really stands out to me is in overtime, where you know we thought we had him stopped. We thought they were gonna have to settle for a field goal, and then like Hudson was lined up in the neutral zone. Yeah. Like, like, dude, you are, what, is he a senior? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he's either a senior or a junior, but either way, like, he's played enough. Like, dude, you cannot make that mistake. You're a captain. You, like, you cannot be making that mistake in overtime. Yeah. That was one of them where I about lost my mind on. <laughs> and I know Craig did as well because he was texting me during the game. <laughs> uh yeah, because I remember he texted me, like, in all caps, he's a captain. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the bad thing, too, about it was, like, he, uh, it wasn't just that he was, like, barely offsides or, like, he was in motion and he was offsides. He was standing, lined up, like you said, offsides. Like, it was yeah. the most obvious of, I think, any situation I've seen with that. Yeah, I don't know how you can be lined up in a neutral zone. I, I just don't get it, especially someone with an experience and in the situation they're in. Um, you know, I can get, like, jumping off sides, mm-hmm. but being lined up in a neutral zone, there's really no excuse for that. That and that play, and then how many times, you know, Army went for it on fourth, fourth down quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And every time, like, we ran out a 3-3-5 defense. We only had three down linemen, so nobody's lined up, lined up over the guards. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like, you got to throw some beef in there on fourth down. You're going against a team who runs, like, 98% of the time. Yeah. I just, they... I don't get it. I understand you want to, like, stop the outside run, but it's a fourth and one. Like, nobody's going to really run outside. Yeah, it's very rare, and I don't, I mean, I was trying to pay attention, but I didn't get... Um, the numbers on it from last their la- their game last week mm-hmm. on short yard situations, especially the fourth downs, if they ever run it to the outside. And you're right, it, it 
I understand, and we talked about this a little bit about you know you got to with the triple option you got to be ready for anything. But really, as long as you safeguard yourself and plan for it, where you don't get burned and you let go of a huge play, you got to bet a lot on you know running it down the throat mm-hmm. with the defense, and that's what they did. Um, actually, worth mentioning is um, Slomka their fullback was not in the first game against rice and he was against Michigan. So not saying that he would have been, you know, he would have made them totally blow rice out of the water, but he definitely brought uh, different, uh, some different abilities to the team. He, I mean, he had a heck of a game too. So um, actually, where was it? Nope. That's not what I wanted. Oh, 29 carries for 92 yards. Mm. So, I mean, like, I mean, he came out after being out a week and he was their leading rusher. So, I mean, not saying that they weren't prepared for it, but yeah, that they, I agree with your frustrations with uh, short yardage situations, especially the fourth down, because they went, they went three for three. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you were talking, we were talking about that. I said, how do you only have three down linemen? on a fourth and fourth and one or like a third and short when you're playing against a team who runs 98% of the time. And you said, well, you have to deal with like the possibility of the outside run. And I said, well, you just have like at least four down linemen, three linebackers, and then you bring your safeties up because you know, they're not going to pass. Yeah. So you bring your safeties up and kind of move them, you know, inside or one inside, one outside. Yeah. And you don't really have to worry about the, you know, the outside run. You could just have, have them both reading what's going on. Because, you know, you knew they weren't going to pass. Yeah, no, and that was the thing that was kind of frustrating, too. I mean, like, our secondary is good enough that it shouldn't be super freaky when they do pass. But then they have that dumb pass interference or holding or whatever it was, the one of the few times that they pass it. And it's like, yeah. That was on. also on Hudson. Yeah. So it it those unfortunate errors. Some of it obviously play uh, the decision making, the play calling. Uh, some of it player uh, fell on the player's shoulders. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, it wasn't a very exciting game. I can say that at least in, not until overtime. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I actually texted you right 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 after halftime. I'm like, man, this game is boring. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Well, then you think because it made me think of you know the uh, Wisconsin Michigan game several years ago when it was like what fourteen to seven I think Michigan yeah. won. Um, that f- felt like slow and whatnot, but it was more exciting than this one. Also, it wasn't as frustrating, uh, so that kind of helped. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but the game. Quite easily. I mean, we'll, we don't have to talk about a whole lot because, I mean, everybody was frustrated over who saw it. Game could have easily been something more like 28 to 14 um, because of that ridiculous botch fumble call, which yeah. I still don't understand. And we chatted about it a little bit. I don't understand why they don't have what the NFL does, where basically it's just like, let a play run out because guess what? You review it. And if it's not right, you just put it back. Like, it should be relatively obvious. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, especially with something like that, because, you know, maybe in real time, it didn't look like he picked up the ball without his knee touching the ground. But 
you know, it was close enough that, like you said, in the NFL, they would have just let the play like play out. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is that it was I mean, I feel like the official could have seen and been like, okay, if this is wrong, there's got to be a camera angle because Mm -hmm. he was out in the middle wide open. I mean, I think they had three different angles that they were looking at it and could distinctly see it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that that see that that's one of those things there where it's just like okay you can talk about the turnover issues and everything but that that kind of almost broke the back for the game because that was about to blow wide open that was going to be a gut-wrenching blow to army like to their morale and then they wind up getting the ball right back and michigan doesn't even get a chance to score three even three points because they had such good field position so and then to talk about three points, I mean, I'm still confused on why they went for it on that fourth down and why they didn't kick a long field goal. Because in a game like this against Army, you have no idea when you're going to get the ball back. And with how low scoring it was, why not take the three points? Because if they had done that, if they had made it, the game would have been over. But if they didn't, then, I mean, they were right where they were anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. I didn't quite get that call either. Yeah, it was. It that was a little bit of a head scratcher, but I mean, I guess it is what it is. It it was going to be a little bit longer. I can't remember exactly how far they said, but um, something, a couple things I want to mention here before we make sure that we have enough time for the Lions game. Um, I am. I need to step back. I'm I'm being too optimistic. I know that there are some distinct things that if they get fixed, this could look like a completely different other team. Like they have been hit hard with turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of that's their own fault. Some of that has been whatever you want to call it. Um, if they had even just half of the turnovers that they did, this team would look a lot different. Um, but I am going to reserve my optim being optimistic now, and I am going to fall back into the show me, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. So exactly. right, right now, if I had to predict, I mean, obviously we have another week, but we don't even get to see anything for Michigan right now. If I had to predict, I would predict Michigan losing to Wisconsin. Um, but that, that will be coming next week when we do actual predictions for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that I want to mention, uh, a few things about what people were talking about players with this game. First of all, one, the announcers just need to stop, needed to stop talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, yeah. okay, I get it. He's awesome. He's great. I'm looking forward to when he's coming back. I think everybody is. But they were making it sound like Michigan had no receiver options because Donovan Peoples-Jones was out. I mean, it's Gus Gus Johnson, right, with Fox? Yep. Yeah, like, I don't even know how many times it was. I should have counted it where he said, Patterson's on the field in the shotgun without Donovan (laughs) Peoples-Jones. And I'm just like, dude, okay, we get that, but you have Nico Collins and Tariq Black. There's no excuse for this. I understand that Donovan Peoples-Jones does some things differently, but there are other options. Now, Gaddis and Harbaugh, well, okay, Harbaugh had said that um, Patterson was a hundred percent or ready to go or whatever it was exactly how he said it. But then Gaddis comes out and he has he has said that Patterson 
has been nursing an oblique injury since the first play of the Middle Tennessee game. Yeah, is, and actually the, the announcer said that too. They said a strained oblique. Yeah, yep, I do remember. Yeah, I heard, yeah, I heard it was either Gus Johnson or the guy that was with him. I can't remember who that is. Joel Clatt, I think. Okay, yep. Yeah, so it's just like, dude, okay, he didn't uh, – I'm not saying this from the same point that I feel like Shea Patterson sucks and he should be moved to quarterback two instead of being the starter quarterback. I'm not saying it from that, but from the same point of if you cannot do your job to the most effective ability, you know, it's going to wind up hurting the team. And Mm -hmm. I think it was overtime. And he had gotten hit, sacked something, and all, he had three throws. I don't know if they were all back-to-back, but all of them were horribly off. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, this is not only affecting his passing performance, whatever is going on right now, because you could tell it wasn't that it was being rushed every time. Like, so, something was off. But then also, uh, people commented on how they don't really think that you should uh, praise Charbonnet too much because his yard per carry wasn't all that great. Well, it's just like, dude, every option opportunity, Patterson just gave it away, which was a good thing because I didn't want him to lose the ball again. Um, But if you're having a problem with your quarterback with being able to throw well towards the end of the game and not being able to keep the ball on an option because you're worried about him holding on to it, then at what point is it going to be where you say, okay, you need to sit because we can do better with the other quarterback. Not saying that he's better than you, but you are just not at 100% because you're nursing an injury and because you have a case of the butterfingers and you cannot hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and it's not like we don't have capable backups. We've yeah. got two. <laughs> We've got two quarterbacks that you could bring in and they could win you a game. Yeah, no, exactly. So that, that just kind of, at what point is that going to happen? Like, is it going to be when Michigan has to be losing the game or like, I, I mean, cause it looked pretty obvious. I'm not saying that I'm smarter than the coaching staff, but it's kind of like at some certain, like I know players always want to be in there and they always feel like they can do a good job. But even from a player's aspect, it's got to be like at some points, like I am not a hundred percent. Somebody who is a hundred percent, even though they might not be the starting person in my position might do better than me. If they were in the game instead of me, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you got to take a back seat, you know, if, if you're not able to do that and what, maybe it's injury, maybe it's just like, you're having an off game. Sometimes yeah. people have off games. You see it a lot more in basketball where they rotate somebody out because they're not having a good game. You don't see it as much in football games. But, yeah, the, I, I don't know. That's just something that I think that they need to consider. Uh, we're kind of running a long time here um, to get to the Lions game. Was there anything else you want to mention about Michigan? or um, Just that I was – Disappointed a lot in the play calling, and you know that might come back to to Shea having you know not being a hundred percent. But man, it, it, the offense reminded me a lot of last year's offense, except with different formations. Mm. Yeah, with a lot of runs up the middle. Yeah, 
obviously, I mean, Charbonnet had 33 carries, so... And Turner, he came in a few times. Uh, Wilson, he didn't really play too much, but wasn't he injured? Um, I thought somebody said he had an injury. I know Turner, after that big hit, he didn't come back, and I think he might have a concussion. Yeah. Just from, just from, you know, the way that he got up afterwards and kind of, you know, he didn't look like he was 100% after that. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. The play calls were questionable. I mean, Gaddis even has said some stuff that, you know, some of it's on them. Some of it, too, is just even learning and understanding uh, the system better. You know, was Patterson worried about keeping the ball because of his inability to secure the ball or because of his injury or was he just not reading things right so there are some factors and everything fortunately they have a bye week to work on it i don't think it's gonna obviously fix everything but i don't know i mean they may i'm not going to say that i feel like they were holding on to some uh plays for later in the season but i do believe that they are trying to not overcomplicate this offense since it's something new for everybody that they already have to so i don't think they have exactly like the deepest playbook yet so Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see how it goes um but army is definitely one that you don't want to go too fast on and you don't want to give them the ball too much so i don't know i mean maybe that was their thought behind it but uh the last thing that i'll just say before we move into lions conversation is um Army is a heck of a team still. I mean, first of all, they've got the difficult triple option. But last year, the last poll in the season, Army was ranked 19th in the final AP poll. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I don't know what happened between the end of last season and this season. I know that they lost some players, but I didn't think it was that big of a difference. I mean, maybe I'm missing something and I can't remember everybody that was on the roster, but that would cause them to drop out of the top 25. Like it almost felt like they were just pushed out. So uh, I'll, I'll be surprised if they lose many games this season. And if they don't, then I mean like they're, they're pretty solid team. So not, not trying to diminish how well they played and not trying to compensate for Michigan's performance, but just putting that kind of in perspective, I think that they, they looked um they have this two weeks of the season looked kind of like a top 25 team especially coming off of the double digit win season last year so that's mm-hmm. that's the last thing i'll say with that did you have anything more before we switch things over no i think i'm good okay all right let's uh hit it up and talk about some fun with the lions <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon, do you want to steer this conversation being the in-house Lions experts, or do you want me to start the conversation? (laughs) Well, I can start off by saying I wasn't able to watch the first half of the game. (sighs) Yeah. um, (laughs) People who have been listening to the show for a while know that that we've been rebuilding a deck, and it's just been... We keep running into roadblocks. Uh, stupid little things keep happening, and we keep like discovering uh, weird things with 
you know, where the deck is at. So it's been a lot more work than we originally thought. So we're still like trying to finish it up. Um, and we were doing that Sunday. So I, I didn't get a chance to watch the first half. I came, came back in and I was done by the time uh, it was in the third quarter. We we're probably all halfway through the third quarter. So you missed all the good stuff. Uh, for the most part, you know, I saw the touchdown that Hawkinson had. Um, mm-hmm. And then I saw all of Arizona's touchdowns. <laughs> and then obviously I saw um, the overtime and then the eventual tie. Uh, so terrible. So Yeah, I... I was going to say, you know, typical Lions, same old Lions, like, you know, what's said around here a lot. But, you know, I was thinking, you know, the typical Lions thing would have been to lose that game. Because there were so many times where I thought, okay, well, this is over because it's the Lions, you know. (laughs) Arizona's going to kick this crazy field goal and it's going to be done. Or, you know, Arizona, they get the ball first in overtime. Murray's going to drive them all the way down the field and score a touchdown. Yeah, I was trying to think, too. It's like, are there any former Lions on the Cardinals? <laughs> That's usually what happens. It's usually a former Lion that, you know, wasn't very good in Detroit. He goes somewhere else, and then he comes back to haunt us. That's that's usually what happens. Um, but, no, I mean, yeah, they choked away what I thought was going to be a blowout at first. I'm like, wow, the Lions are actually going to, like, handle a team. But then, of course, they let them come back. But, you know, they didn't do the typical Lions thing and lose. Yeah. They didn't win either, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, I was surprised. Um, I was, I don't know, I was just, at, I don't know, I kind of went in there with no expectations. And so um, it, it was a little impressive. I mean, honestly, um, Stafford had a pretty good game. Um. Uh, honestly, all in all, uh, he did, uh, let me see, 27 for 45, um, 385 yards, three passing touchdowns, um, but his decision-making wasn't horrible. There were some weird ones. Honestly, uh, you then saw the, uh, botched timeout, right? Oh yeah, that was, I had that down on my list. Um, okay. That was one of those situations where that would only happen to the Lions. Um, it was in a third. It was a third down, and mm-hmm. Stafford drops back, throws it to McKissick, who runs around the right side of the line, and you can't even see anybody on that side of the field for at least like twenty yards. Yeah, McKissick. He's he's a pretty speedy running back, so you got to believe that he was going to at least get like twenty, thirty yards off that play. And, um, like, right before the snap, uh, Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, called a timeout, which Stafford was livid, which I, I totally understand. And shortly after that, you know, the next play on fourth down, uh, Martin gets the ball to punt, and it gets blocked. Yep. And then he's losing his mind on the sideline. So <laughs> I was just laughing. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, here comes the meltdown. Like, this mm-hmm. is what happens. Like, something something stupid will happen for the Lions, and that just, like, sparks this 
you know, landslide of just crap. <laughs> Did you see the video of Stafford on the sidelines and you could see him mouthing, you have to trust me? Yeah, I, I heard about that today. Um, I didn't see the video, but I heard about it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I kind of get it, you know, to a certain degree. It's like you do. I mean, okay, we talk about, you know, Stafford not always doing the best. But honestly, the best you ever see Stafford, and I think you will back me up on this, is when it's late in the game and you just let him do his thing. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah, totally. stop the that's, train. Yeah, that's that's totally his strength. Um all the comebacks he's had, uh, you just kind of let him go out there, you know, give him, give him a play or whatever. And, you know, if he wants to change it up, you let him change it up. You don't say anything about it. Uh, one of the games that I think of, I, I can't remember who we're playing now, but I remember him driving us all the way down the field. And then we were supposed to be spiking it. The staffer called an audible and no one knew what he was going to do. And he just jumped over the line. You know, put the ball over the line, scored a touchdown. It was the end of the game. I think it was Dallas, wasn't it? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it was Dallas. I think you're right. Yeah, I know. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about too. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's just the kind of stuff. Yeah, you just have to. You have to let him do his own thing. That's the thing that can be so frustrating with Matthew Stafford, though, is that like he is so good in that, and obviously, first year with the new offensive coordinator and everything that hopefully it doesn't take long for them to figure that out. But I mean, just like, you know, let it go. But then it's just like, where the heck is that? I mean, not saying that he was terrible in the other three quarters, but it's just like, why is it always just the fourth quarter? And usually when the lines are behind. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. That's kind of been the double-edged sword of him his entire career. I would say, um, you know, you get sometimes you'll get three quarters of just bad play, and then once the fourth quarter comes around, that's when he wakes up. And yeah, it's just really hard to figure out. But but yeah, that I mean that was just a play where I was just like, yeah, that's that's the Lions for you. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about the uh, number or the first round draft pick? Uh oh, DJ Hawkinson. Yeah. He... Yeah, that was a surprise. Uh, you know, like in a preseason, you know, I said to you, I was like, oh, he looks pretty good, you know. But, yeah, he came out and he was awesome. He got open. He caught everything that was thrown to him. Uh, he showed a lot of athleticism in some of his plays. And it was just, it was great. You couldn't really ask for more from the guy. Yeah. And I heard that he was one of the first um, rookie tight ends to have 100 yards receiving in his first game. Yeah, I do remember uh, seeing something about that. Um, I will say this. Um, at one point, I think it was maybe the third quarter, they were talking about how the Lions' first rounder was having a better day than Arizona's first rounder. Um, but then that kind of – uh, I mean, they both did really good in their respective positions um, by the end of the game. But I – uh, even though Hawkinson looks great and I think he's going to keep doing well and everything like that, I, it still bothers me that they didn't trade down. Like, yeah. Um, and one thing that bothers me too with, with draft picks is 
during that game, where was the pass rush? Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. That Murray had like all the time in the world just to sit back there, you know, go through his um, progressions and then find someone. Usually it was Larry Fitzgerald that was open, but he had the time to sit there and like pick apart the defense at the end of the game. And, you know, that comes back to I really wanted the Lions to take um, a pass rusher in the first round. You know, with Hawkinson, I wasn't like super upset with the pick. Like, I knew he was probably going to be pretty decent for us, but it's just I didn't feel like tight end was such a big need since, you know, we did sign Jesse James before the draft. And, you know, he's a pretty he's a pretty decent tight end. I thought we could have got by with him. Um, And, you know, I just wanted someone for pass rush. And we didn't really in the draft. We didn't really go after anybody. Uh, Free agency. we, We signed Trey Flowers, but. Yeah, just man, it was pass rush was similar to last year, and that was really disappointing. Yeah, that that was uh, frustrating to see him have all that time to be able to pass. So, but yeah, I mean, all in all, honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I had them losing; they got a tie game out of it. It is what it is. There were some. Good things to see. It'll be interesting to see how they progress moving forward. Uh, but the NFL, I feel like there are so many differences between the NFL and college. So, I don't know. Time will tell. I mean, we'll be having another game here for the Lions to see if things are getting better or worse for them. Yeah, and just a few more things I've got. Um, along with the pass rush not being that great, the run game was kind of underwhelming as well, which was kind of surprising because Daryl Bevel, like his strength is the run game and they put so many assets into it. You know, we got carry on Johnson. Uh, we've signed CJ Anderson as a free agent. We drafted Ty Johnson. Um, we actually made room to sign uh, McKissick after the preseason so, you know, that's a lot just in running backs. And then, you know, offensive line, there's a lot of high draft picks on that offensive line. And, you know, we got Wagner as well, who was a, you know, kind of a pricey free agent signing. So, you know, the Lions, they want to run the ball. And, the you know, what I saw in this game didn't really impress me too much. It was, yeah. it was kind of underwhelming. Yeah, no, I agree. All those things were not. I was specifically going to say something about the running game, too. I mean, it's just like through all the years. I mean, I know we've talked about Javid Best and stuff like that. Um, Through all the years that, you know, we've talked about Lions football, it's just like they cannot do anything to make their running. I mean, like, I don't think they're dead last in the league, but, man, they do not look like they're very far from it. Yeah, and... You know, Arizona's defense, they have some playmakers on their defense, but it's not that great. I mean, I thought the Lions were going to be able to run against them, but I don't know. That just wasn't working on on Sunday. And uh, I know you haven't really followed the Lions too much to know, like, all the terms that all the fans have. But are you familiar with the term, he's lionized? Um, I think so. I mean, like, 
there's a player that comes in. I think that specifically refers to a player that has already been in the league and has been like, you know, performing decent. And then it comes, Mm -hmm. they come to the Lions and then it's like a noticeable downgrade in their performance. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, There was two moments in this game that I thought to myself, I was like, well, he's already lionized. Uh, the first one was Bevel's timeout. Yeah. Uh, that was what I was like, oh, Bevel is a coach for the Lions now, so now he's lionized with that call. And the second one was towards the end of the fourth quarter where Stafford threw a good pass to Danny Amendola, and he was catching it, and just like the motion and you know the forward progress he had going, that he was probably going to go out of bounds. Well, he like stopped right before he got to the sideline, and instead of, you know, just running forward and then maybe just ducking out, he decided to cut back to the inside of the field. And then that shit probably another 10, 15 seconds off the clock. And they're already down to like 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is a guy who's been in the league for, and I don't know how long, over 10 years probably. And I was like, and that's something you do? Like, come on, man. Like, you've been in the league this long and you decide to cut inbounds instead of going out of bounds when your team's trying to make a comeback. You know, towards the end of the game, like, what are you doing? Bro. And it's not like, you know, he had, he's like, oh, I can, you know, shake this guy and I can get maybe 20 more yards and then maybe step out. He went for maybe like another three yards. Like, he could have just ran forward and just ducked out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, well, I mean, it was, it was a lioness game, you know. <laughs> they didn't, yeah, this is true. They didn't lose it, but they definitely didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, I mean, the last two things that I talk about were two guys in the secondary. Um, Rashawn Melvin is a corner that we've got. Um, we signed him in the offseason. I believe he was with the Colts last year. Uh, you know, big guy. Everybody's talking about, you know, he might take a step forward, but the dude keeps getting hurt. Like, I think he got hurt three times in that game. The last one was kind of ridiculous. Like, he, uh, Murray threw, like, a fade to the corner of the end zone. He ended up overthrowing it. So, Melvin had some decent, decent coverage on that play. But, you know, the pass was overthrown. So, you know, they both ran out of bounds. When Melvin ran out of bounds, he ran into, like, a photographer. Mm-hmm. And it made him, you know, like, stumble and then next thing you knew, he was limping. And then like the training staff came and helped him get off the field. I'm like, my gosh, it's like if there's a stiff, stiff wind, does this guy get hurt? Yeah, I saw him. I saw that. And I remember thinking, oh, crap, because it, it looked like I can't remember exactly what it was, but it looked like he collided with some of the equipment uh, from the camera guy. So I'm not too shocked seeing that. Yeah, and then the other one I noticed is Coleman. Um, he's our our slot corner that we we signed in the offseason. He came from Seattle, and he was known as one of the best slot corners in the league. The dude looked lost in coverage. Mm. I can't I can't even count how many times that Larry Fitzgerald torched that guy. And I mean Fitzgerald, I mean he's a he's a great receiver. He's one of the greatest receivers of all time, but he's not really known for his speed. And then like Coleman was at least like two steps behind him a lot of times. Yeah. 
it was it was disappointing. Um, yeah, hopefully he can rebound the next game. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. So, any uh, any closing thoughts or? Um, no, other I mean, other than it's just like you said, it was a very lion s game. Um, yeah, I guess. Like I said, that you know, the positive spin is it didn't lose. <laughs> I said on Twitter, it's like the Lions are winless and undefeated. <laughs> uh, actually, our friend Jason said, you know, what happens if the Lions go 0 and 16? You know, do they make the playoffs? Is that considered the same thing as 8 and 8? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, that would be, that would truly be amazing. I mean, uh, first that, of all, I would, I would be surprised if they could even get back to back ties, but yeah, that would yeah, be. Yeah. I can't even remember the last time a team has had two ties in a season, let alone 16 of them. So, you know, if they did that, that'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> I, I feel like everybody should just give it to the Lions. Like, you know, <laughs> feel sorry for them and be like, okay, we'll just tie with you. Right. And like I said, I can't remember the last time somebody's had two ties. Uh, and in order for the Lions to tie every single game, the Bears, the Vi- the Vikings, and the Packers will have to have two ties. So the probability of that happening is just, it's like probably like a trillion to one. Oh, yeah. Well, if anybody could do it, it'd be the Lions. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, uh, there you got for the recaps, uh, both Michigan and the Lions. We're going to be splitting things up. So this is the uh, first sports episode of the week. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We will be bringing you the previews for upcoming games on Thursdays. Uh, That episode will be coming out. So uh, until next time, go blue. Go blue.